Well, hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Well podcast. Today, I am diving into intermittent fasting, intuitive eating, some myths around it, and kind of the truth, um, just because there's so much misinformation I'm seeing that I want to give you like the short Coles notes information about, you know, how to do it. So that's what we're getting into today. Oh my God, guys, it is so nice in Toronto here and all week it's supposed to be beautiful. Um, I've already been out like three times for different like walks and errands and I love when it's warmer out now. Like I find I'm just out and about more. I walk more. I easily hit 20K steps. Um, and yeah, we took a caution to the dog park this morning. We had lots of fun. We had cuddles. It's just been, it's been a really good day for so far. Um, if you are listening to this and it's March, I just want to remind you that if you need the early extended enrollment for Well Nourished, that's only open until the end of March. So if you want to heal your relationship with food, if you are struggling to lose weight, your body's not feeling safe, you're tired of being bloated, you're tired of having PMS, and you just want to feel good in your body, and you want to have extended payment plan, this is the time to get in. Because once this um, extended plan closes at the end of March, I don't think I'm opening another extended one until the fall time, right? So if you guys know you need that and you're like, hey, Liv, I just need to pay it off over a longer period of time. I got you. This is why I created it because so many of you were requesting it. Um, definitely get in. Already there's so many um, amazing women that have joined. So don't forget, we also do the deep and no emotional work. So we do the nutrition, we do the deep emotional work because you cannot heal a body you hate. I cannot tell you how many times over again I've tried to see women heal a body they hate or not do the deep emotional work and that's why it has never stuck before. You need all of it. You need the nutrition, you need me to give you, balance your hormones and you need to do the deep emotional work to fix it all. So with that being said, um, I'm going to leave a link just in the description box. Oof. You guys are going to see this episode. I'm kind of all over the place today. Um, you'll see that in the episode. But yeah, with that being said, I just want to remind you guys of that. And ooh, I do also have something exciting coming, which I think it will be announced next week. I'm not positive. Um, should be announced next week. Anyways, either way, something exciting is coming. But yeah, stay tuned for that. And let's just get into the episode. Welcome to the Live Well podcast. This podcast is designed to help you live well, body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Liv, a natural health and wellness expert, and each week you will walk away with the insights, tools, and tips to truly live your best life. If you are looking to live well, you are in the right place. A new episode starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Well podcast. Today, we are talking about intermittent fasting, intuitive eating, busting myths, and all of that stuff. I know there's been kind of like some controversy going around about intermittent fasting slash intuitive eating and all that, and I want to clear up the air, give you the truth, um, because I just see so much misinformation, and I know you guys, you guys love when I spill the tea, right? I don't know. I don't even know if the kids are still saying that. Whatever the kids are saying nowadays about, you know, spilling the tea, whatever it is. So, Unfortunately, thanks to, you know, many underlying health issues that plague our, well, most people today from blood sugar imbalances to gut dysbiosis to anxiety, chronic fatigue, stress, it can be difficult to access your intuition about food. And many of us can deal with like the, the chaos of like every single hour, every single day and your body's out of balance. You know, it can be difficult to actually discern what your body needs from what it doesn't. And this is why intuitive eating can be hard because if you have been eating intuitively, if you have been under eating or under nourishing your body or stress eating or, you know, binge eating, whatever it is, you actually may not know how to listen to your body. 
And, you know, this can lead to things like overeating, stress eating, and eating out of sheer habit instead of intention. So the notion of like not eating, quote unquote, can really trigger some pre-existing negative thoughts and habits. And in some case, following like very restrictive diets. And so fasting can sometimes be disguised as a self-punishment as a wellness practice. And that's what I really want to bring attention and light to in this episode, because it can be easy to assume that fasting is just in form of restrictive eating. But here's the honest truth. Real intermittent fasting isn't about punishment, calorie restriction, or restriction at all. The people who view intermittent fasting as any of these things are people who have underlying food issues and food um or an unhealthy relationship with food that they need to heal. So keep that in mind. Anyone who tells you that fasting is punishment restriction or calorie restriction of any kind are people who have unresolved food issues, unresolved food trauma that they need to heal. Because, and I'm going to break this down for you. Number one, fasting doesn't have to be restrictive. In fact, it's not at all. And I always explain this, um, you know, to people that it's actually the most natural thing in the world because, you know, before dry foods and packaged foods, we naturally went longer periods of time without eating and like focused and we, you know, ate until we were fully satisfied and that's it. And so, you know, between fasting and listening to your intuition, it's really about connecting back to that, right? And so if you're hungry, eat. If you're not, don't. It's all about reconnecting to your intuition instead of blindly following like the food rules that you've been taught. For example, you need to get up and you need breakfast. Like, no, if you get up and you're not hungry for breakfast, you don't need to eat breakfast. However, what I'm also going to draw attention to is, like I said, if you are not in touch with your hunger cues and if your blood sugar is imbalanced and you have underlying conditions, you may not be able to fast. For example, as a woman, you know, if you're between, well, all, I, even if you're in menopause, menopause, it's amazing for menopause, but I know most of the people listening to this podcast are under like the age of 44. You should be able to easily go 16 hours without food, 15, 16 hours. If you stop eating at like eight, nine o'clock and you are starving at 7 a.m. when you wake up, A, you are not eating enough. B, your blood sugar is imbalanced. Also, if you are snacking all the time, your blood sugar is imbalanced. And we need to fix that. Okay, that's a sign that something is wrong. If you're getting hangry, that's a sign that something is wrong. If you're getting shaky, that's a sign that something is wrong. You should be easily able to go, you know, 15, 16 hours if your body is, if your metabolism is flexible and it's able to run on fats. The problem is, is that you can't go that long and you're getting hungry because you're running on glucose. And so, in order for you to balance your blood sugar, to have great gut health, lose weight, everything like that, you really want to switch your body from running down glucose to running on fats. And that's why fasting is so good. However, and this is something I always explain, and I think the top mistake that is made when it comes to fasting is that people think that you just skip a meal, that you just don't eat in the morning, and so you start eating at like 12 or 1 or, or 11, depending on like whatever window you're choosing, and you're cutting down on calories. And I have to explain this all the time to people that you are not eating less. You are eating the same amount in a shorter window. Again, you are not eating less. You are eating the same amount in a smaller window. All right. So that leads me into my second one that it's not the same as calorie constriction. This is, again, one of the most common min misconceptions about intermittent fasting. Sorry, guys. Um, 
because while there are some forms of like fasting that are restriction, uh, if you like the OMAD or, um, you know, water fast, et cetera, those obviously are, but with calorie restriction, you're reducing your average daily, you know, caloric intake based on what is normal for a long period of time. However, intermittent fasting is limiting how often you eat, but still eating the same amount. So many people, you know, will still argue that the benefits of fasting are simply due to weight loss. However, studies have shown that the benefits of fasting, including like blood sugar, blood pressure, um, abdominal fat loss, are independent from its effect on weight. So fasting can help you lose weight in a way that's healthy and sustainable, but not where that it's going to tank your metabolism, make your body feel unsafe, etc. So, you know, it's only when you've gone more than 12 hours without food that your body has run out of the food that you've given it and actually starts to burn fat. So let's say we talk this about we bleh, we talk about this in well nourished. So if you need help with any of this, um, make sure to get in before the end of March if you want the extended enrollment plan. Otherwise, if you're listening to this after March, um, there's just like the the normal enrollment, so you can go ahead and join. And we talk about this, but you only start burning fat after 12 hours. So if you are eating, you know, up until 8 p.m. and then you are eating, you know, 7 a.m. in the morning. Well, you haven't even gone 12 hours. So your body is running on glucose and you're just going to burn what you eat instead of going to the fat stores to burn, right? And that's also why I get questions about do I eat before I work out? And the answer is always no because I'm looking to mobilize my fat stores in order to fuel my workout, not using what I ate. So hopefully that gives you kind of like a little um, understanding about that. So the next thing I want to to bring about is that, you know, people think that with fasting, there's no food freedom, but that's completely true. If you're not able to fast and your blood sugar is going haywire and you're getting hangry, that's not food freedom. That's not eating intuitively. That's eating for your blood sugar and eating because you're running on glucose and you're getting hangry. That is your hormones out of whack. That is not true intuitive eating. So with fasting, you actually are able to eat intuitively better because your body isn't running on that hanger, blood sugar imbalance, you know, hormones all over the place, inflamed state. It is running more true to what it is, right? Because like, your intuition is not telling you to eat, you know, Oreos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or to eat cake, or to eat all of that, right? If your body is telling you that, you actually have underlying health imbalances like metabolic inflexibility, chronic inflammation, because that clouds the body's ability to send us the right signals. And that way, and that's when you get cravings and hunger cues, right? Craving your body, craving anything, is not a sign of intuitive eating. That is a sign. Like for example. If you're like, oh my God, I need chocolate cake and you wouldn't be good with eating like avocado right now. No, no, that's not intuitive. That's your blood sugar imbalance, your inflammation, your imbalances that are signaling that, right? And so that's when you end up fatigued, foggy brain, craving sugar and carbs all the time. But when you correct these underlying issues and you establish metabolic flexibility, then you'll be able to trust your body to tell you when you are actually hungry, to tell you when you are actually full and crave the kinds of foods that really support your health, okay? Now, one, I guess, like disclaimer I do want to make is that if you do have a history of eating disorders, whether it is binge eating disorder, anorexia, um, or any of that, you cannot intermittent fast right off the bat. You are going to need to work with someone like me to heal first before you can do that, okay? Because, um, 
you need to make sure that like you're not doing it unhealthily and you're not doing it from a restrictive state and you're getting in enough calories, etc. Otherwise, you're not going to get all the benefits. So fasting is still something that most people can still incorporate. With that said, again, you want to make sure that you don't, you know, reignite or start another overfixation that you've had because of your history. So even though fasting is like non-restrictive and it's a very like self-loving approach to eating, you need to make sure that if you have a history that you know you consult with your the doctor you've worked with on that or your eating disorder specialist or someone like me um, before you can start fasting. Okay. So also keep in mind that fasting can really free your mind because when we are metabolically inflexible, food can rule our lives. I can't tell you how many people come to me um, for one-on-one or well-nourished being like, oh my God, like food rules my life. All I think about is food, what I'm going to eat next, food this, food that. And we struggle with cravings and wonky hunger signals and our self there, Guys, I don't know. I think it's the heat in my apartment today. Uh, there's like all windows in my apartment. And when it's sunny out, it, it's honestly 27 degrees in here. And they haven't turned the air on yet. Anyways, um, getting back to what I was saying, we struggle with like the self-control that is constantly being tested, right? And so it's like trying to keep a dam from breaking every single day. It feels, you know, really difficult. And you can, you have to be like, quote unquote, perfect with diet and lifestyle. Otherwise, everything will fall apart because food occupies so much of your headspace and there's barely room for everything else. So once you've established metabolic flexibility, everything changes. Healthy eating becomes more effortless, intuitive. You don't have to think about food all the time. In fact, like you get your life back, right? It's designed like fasting is help you. It's supposed to help you be more grace and lightness and total self-love, right? And so you still find those people are using the whole like chronic calorie restriction and intermittent fasting synonymously. And let me be clear, they are not. Chronic calorie restriction entails, remember, reducing the amount. That is not what intermittent fasting is. And the key to intermittent fasting is when you eat, not how much, right? So the misunderstanding, like one of the misunderstandings, because intermittent fasting leads to healthy weight loss. Ooh, my dishwasher is done. Um, people, again, mistake one for the other. But studies have shown that weight loss, fasting can be even more effective than lowering your calories. For example, um, you know, let's say you were restricting it to like the whole 1200 calorie, 1300 calorie bullshit. You guys know that I'm not about you're actually getting more results eating more, but eating a smaller window than eating less, which is like so fun because we get to eat more healthy, delicious food, and nourish our bodies and not have brain fog, low libido and all that stuff that comes from calorie restriction. And so another misunderstanding is that many people are still operating from the old logic that weight loss is all about calories in, calories out. When in reality, weight loss is so much more complicated, right? Your body is not a calorie calculator. It is a chemistry lab. This is what I always say in my stories. Your body is not a calculator. It is a chemistry lab. And intermittent fasting really resets this like beautiful biochemistry lab, otherwise known as your metabolism. And fasting causes like fundamental shifts in your body's physiology. Oh my God, guys, I told you it's really hot in here. I'm drinking ice water. Cannot talk today. Um, But it causes shifts in your body's physiology. That's what I was trying to say. To help your body burn more fat, feel less hungry, and regain energy. Let me repeat that. Fasting helps you burn more fat, feel less hungry, and regain energy, right? Another misunderstanding is that um, 
chronic calorie restriction will slow down your metabolism and put your body into starvation mode where it holds on to fat. Now, this is true. However, we have to remember that intermittent fasting is not chronic calorie restriction. And that's where people get caught up when you're trying to differentiate the two. Okay. Another misunderstanding that fasting can cause weight loss and its health benefits are attributed to weight loss itself. And false. Okay. Those people, this has been studied. People who followed intermittent fasting, people who followed calorie restriction, two different groups of women, right? They lost, um, the women on the fasting diet had an increase in insulin sensitivity and a larger reduction in weight loss compared to the people who did a calorie restriction. This also goes back to the calories in, calories out, doesn't matter, because again, we have to remember that not all calories do the same thing in our body. When I see people eating rice cakes, you're actually going to store all those rice cakes, those rice cakes spike insulin, versus if you would eat more calories instead of a 35-calorie rice cake, and you were to eat half an avocado, you're not going to store that avocado, Right? So fasting can be great for those with food sensitivities, digestive issues, blood sugar issues, those that struggle with constant hunger, the constant cravings. Um, and if you feel the same about, you know, if you're suffering from any of these or, you know, you're craving high sugar foods, working long work days, lack of exercise, all of this stuff messes with your hunger singles and your intuition about what to eat and how much. So this is what is going to bring me to what I want to talk about is metabolic in flexibility, which is the worst thing for your hunger signal. So let's see. Does this sound to you? Do you ever feel hungry or irritable if you go a few hours without eating? Do you feel like you need constant hits of sugar, caffeine, or carbs to get you through the day? These are some not so subtle signs that your metabolism has become inflexible, which means it's lost some of its ability to maintain constant energy levels regardless of the type of food you are eating. So what does this mean? Think of this. Your body's a fire and sugar is kindling, right? Sugar is this fuel that performs um, like short bursts of flames to get the fire started, but it's quick to burn out and you have to constantly replenish to keep the fire going, keep the fire going. So like throw more sugar, more sugar, more sugar, throw some oat milk on there, more sugar. In contrast, fat is like a log of firewood. You can put the log on the fire and know that for hours you're going to have this slow and steady fire burning. And so when your body is desperate for sugar because it can't rely on burning fat for fuel, you're going to be hangry every few hours no matter how much you eat. So that's the bad news. The good news is that you can help restore metabolic flexibility, which means that you will keep your fire burning long and strong and steady whether you've eaten six minutes or six hours ago. Again, this is what we teach in Wellnourish. If you need help with that, get in. So as you've already learned, metabolic flexibility is your body's ability to supply your brain and body with energy that uses glucose instead of, no, uses fat instead of glucose for fuel. There we go. When you're metabolically flexible, you'll be able to also interchange between both of these fuel sources and you will get a sense of freedom over food. Why? Because it will help you fend off fatigue, brain fogs, cravings, crankiness, blood sugar dips that you experience when you're metabolically inflexible right? So you're metabolically flexible. Your blood sugar is always, you're hangry. You're yelling at your boyfriend because you're eating like restrictive diet with like chicken and like no oil. And you know, you just want that pizza he's eating and you're yelling at him and you're snapping at him and your libido's in the toilet and you're anxious and you're crying. And just like, you just feel like a basic hot mess. If you feel like a hot mess, you're probably metabolically inflexible. So how do you become more metabolically flexible? There's a few options. 
Metabolic flexibility is basically one of the main goals of WellNourish and how I get you balancing your blood sugar. Again, intermittent fasting is another thing that's going to help this. So with flexible fasting practices, you can help retrain your body not to rely on constant hits of sugar for energy and become more metabolically flexible, right? Because when we're relying on fats for fuel, we can mobilize that. However, if you are stuck in running on glucose, you're going to have trouble burning fat for fuel. And that's why intermittent fasting can be really good, but it's also why intuitive eating isn't true intuitive eating if you are running on glucose because your hunger hormones, your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, your leptin, which is your satiety hormone, isn't running properly because it can't possibly run properly because you're running on glucose, all right? This is even seen in athletes, right? Whenever people are like, oh, I need glucose for pre-workout. No, all right? Your, your glucose stores are going to run out. Do you know what you have a lot more stores of? Fat. That's why endurance athletes run on fat for fuel because we got a lot more fat, right? As females, you know, well, like if you're healthy, you have like, I think 17, 17 to about 20% body fat. That's a lot of fat. That's a lot of like resources we got if we are, you know, running a lot. And that's where we want to be operating from. That's what's going to help our hormones, our gut, you know, to heal. You know, let's also bring into the fact that if you are, if you're not leaving at least 12 hours between your meals, your gut does not have a chance to rest and digest. It does not have a chance to repair because you're constantly putting it to work. It's like, oh my God, man, like I just chilled out and now Liv's giving me more food. Like I just finished burning everything. I've hit the 12 hours. Now I can relax a little bit, start burning fat for fuel, but she's shoving oatmeal with banana down my mouth at 7 a.m. Like that's not going to help. And then we're running on glucose because that's a pure glucose meal, right? So we can see how we can kind of get like stuck in this vicious cycle. So that is like the Coles notes about this. I just wanted to give like a brief um, explanation. So hopefully that makes sense to all of you. If you have any questions about it, definitely send me a DM on Instagram. Um, and if you enjoyed this podcast or this little snippet, I want to start doing more like little, little snippets for you guys, like shorter episodes, just touching on topics like this. Cause I think they can be really useful. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed this, definitely give it a five star rating and review and yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode.